This episode of the podcast is brought to you by learning how to properly whittle and then realizing you've been whittling your arm this entire time. I don't retire my own kind because we don't run. Only older models do. Your models are happy scraping the shit. Because you've never seen a miracle. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that had a virtual girlfriend, but Ooh. kind of a real girlfriend. I would say real. <laughs> if you feel it in your heart, it's real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm Frank. I'm Zach. And today we are doing the sequel mm-hmm. to a movie that I don't really like that much. Yeah. Uh, Blade Runner. And yeah. we're doing today, 2049. But you know what? I will say, if anything, this movie made me appreciate the original a lot more. Not really for me. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but I will say that I did. Yeah, well, I guess when it comes down to it, it's more like the world building of the first yeah. one that I really appreciated because the world building on this one is just like amazing, so much more incredible. But it, it, it obviously is it, it's taking from the original, so like you have to appreciate the world that was created in the first one. And plus, if we didn't have the first one, we wouldn't have this. Obviously, yeah. Um, so Zach, why don't you give us the rundown of who's in it? All right. So Blade Runner 2049 did not come out in 2049. It came out in 2017. It was directed by Dune Villeneuve, who is a really great director. We've done a couple of things from him, and I really like his stuff. Yeah. Um, so first off, something I never do is I'm going to bring in the cinematographer. Roger I, motherfucking Deacon. I think he really deserves <laughs> a shout out for this because yeah. this movie is gorgeous in every single yep. shot. You have Ryan Gosling as your main character who plays Kay. Uh, you have Harrison Ford returning as Deckard. Yep. You have Jared Leto who kind of plays the villain. Yeah. Wallace. Right. Um, you have Sylvia Hoax who plays Love, who I would argue is more of the villain. And then you have Anna de Armas who plays Joy, his girlfriend. Robin... She's pretty. She is very pretty. <laughs> I, w- I was like, hmm. She's uh, she's a dragon. You are cute. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. are one singular cute. <laughs> Single cute, please. <laughs> and then you have Robin White, who plays Lieutenant Josie, but they only refer to her as Madam. Yeah. And then a couple of shout-outs, because they're not really in this a lot, but you have Dave Batista in here. Uh, you have Lenny James. And then you also have Edward James Olmos, who returns. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh. He's a throwback. Oh, you give me the origami. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and he looks very different. <laughs> yeah. Like, not even, like, the same person. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Besides the glasses, it's like, ooh, is that him? <laughs> um, yeah, and this is about uh, a young Blade Runner named Kay who is kind of, like, discovering a long-buried secret that leads him to tr- uh, track down a former Blade Runner, who is obviously Rick, um, who's been missing for, like, 30 years. And obviously that's kind of like a very like surface level um, Mm -hmm. of like what this film is, but also kind of gives you like the general like gist of like at at its core. That's kind of what it is. Yeah. Um, I have to say that I think that this movie is leaps and bounds better than the original Blade Runner. Yes. And I'll say that just because of, again, the world building for this, because in the first one, you really just kind of like are stuck in like the main city. Mm-hmm. And that's fine because they build up like this neo-noir style, like Tokyo-esque city. But this one like just brings you to different planets and shows you like different atmospheres and different ways that people run. 
and then combining different languages together for like most of like the recording is such like a minor touch that really brings together like what this world has become. Yeah. This movie's like very subtle. Mm-hmm. Um the movie is very just like if you're not really giving yourself to it, like if you're not really paying attention to everything, you could easily miss something and yeah. then kind of get a little lost if you don't and which can be a problem in some cases, but again like if you're watching a movie like this, if you're watching a movie in general, like obviously depending on the style or, or whatever, but like if you're watching like a stupid comedy, then I guess it doesn't really matter. But like if we, when you're watching something like this where it has like such a, a really like thick kind of plot to it, um, you really have to, you it, it commands your attention like fully. Yeah. And it is mostly like visual storytelling anyways too. Yeah there's not a lot of dialogue in this and it's Mm. all just shown to you. So like, if you miss one thing, you miss like half of the plot (laughs) the entire movie. (laughs) Yeah. Which again, like can be a a little problematic, Mm. but I mean, overall, I, I, the first time that I saw this, I will say that I was a little disappointed the first time that I watched it. Mm. Um, but also prior to when I saw this the first time in theaters, I didn't. I never saw the original Blade Runner. I yeah. saw the I saw Blade Runner the first time when we when we did it. Same. And um and I think that going back and like seeing the original and then coming back to this one, and really like giving myself to it. Uh, I mean, I was blown away the second time watching it. Like, I honestly think that this is like one of the best sci-fi films that I've ever seen. Period. I will agree with you on that. I mean, even to like. Somebody that I never usually like, Ryan Gosling. Yeah. I thought this was, like, a perfect role for him. And I don't know if that's just because, like, he gets to play, like, the brooding, kind of, like, serious, no-emotion type guy. Yeah. That he always plays in every movie. Right. But this movie, it just makes sense because he technically is a replicant. Right. So, getting into the plot, like, I thought that they did... Look, I want to get, like, the one con out of the way that I have, Mm -hmm. which to me is Wallace. Like yeah. I just I don't care for Wallace as a antagonist because you're not given any you're given only two scenes with him mm-hmm. and the scenes that you're given like they don't really amount to much in my opinion that like really like showcase that he is like this villain you're told a lot about him and you're told about like what he's done but it just didn't hit home for me and. Jared Leto's acting is just like so over the top in my opinion in this where really? it's just I, I don't know man like. I feel I don't like I think Jared Leto is is a good actor, but I feel like these last few years he's kind of been just just been doing the same thing like mm-hmm. in every movie, like the little things, like pretty yeah. much the little things in this is like almost the same character, like <laughs> and then the Joker, yeah, and then the Joker and all that. It's just like he's just like being like this weird creepy guy who like looks around a lot and <laughs> and like just like it's just like I, I, I don't know, like I've seen this before. I know that you're more capable. Um, and I don't know, I'm just finding him like more and more annoying the more times I see him in like in more recent movies. I mean, I didn't mind his acting in this, but again, like he's supposed to be the main antagonist. You get him for two scenes and literally nothing happens other than he talks. Yeah. And that's why I say like love is probably more of the antagonist because yeah. she does more and she showcases more of being an antagonist yeah definitely i mean obviously she's like the heavy for him he's mm-hmm. like you know so when like when she comes in and she's badass oh yeah when she, when she, when she meets breaks Madam, that dude's neck oh yeah <laughs> just snaps it right out <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's uh that's intense um but yeah other than that uh pretty much perfect i think that this movie really is i think that this movie is very very well paced for i you know even like for it being 
like almost a three hour movie. Yeah. I mean, I find that I was not bored one time like, yeah. at all. And that's, I think, says a lot for a movie that doesn't have a lot of action and is mostly visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. But the visuals are just so breathtaking. And then I think a lot of this movie, like, like what holds this movie up so, uh, what, what really holds the plot of this film up is kind of like the idea of what's going on yeah you don't need to see what's going on to understand like the magnitude of the situation of knowing that like there are these new replicants that have been made by wallace who are basically been made to then go out and hunt all the old ones to then make slaves for wallace Mm -hmm. and or or, and or execute them most mostly Mostly execute execute. (laughs) (laughs) um but he also uses them as like slave labor and stuff like that um and I thought that it was incredible. I mean, the opening shot with him finding Dave Batista, I mean, man, that is a, an incredible, like, tension-building scene that then gives you the goods at the end. Yeah, like, that miracle line is perfect and sets up the entire movie. Yeah. And I will say, too, like, something that the first movie did a lot of was, if you notice, like, it was very dark with, mm-hmm. like, small little lights, like, shining through, like, either, like, a, a blast of light or, like, a cop helicopter or something like that, like just shining through like a dark space. Yeah. And that was kind of like to intensify like the noir style of like, Oh, something's hitting and like it has to be found. And this movie is very bright for the majority of it. Yeah. And almost kind of like symbolizes the opposite of like, we're not shying away from everything. Like we are showing you exactly what's going on and then you are going to pick up the pieces from it. Yeah. And I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. I, I also really enjoyed something that I was surprised on was the relationship between K and, and Joy. K. Mm-hmm. And I think obviously, like, whether or not you want to say that that was, like, supposed to be a metaphor of, like, her name being Joy. Mm-hmm. And then, like, at the end, she gets killed. And, like, this world that they're in is kind of joyless. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Maybe it's a little too on the nose. Maybe it's not. I enjoyed it. I thought that it was like kind of like a cool little like tongue in cheek thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, her relationship with him did not bother me at all in this movie. No, like I honestly, it was, hit it I, hit I, for me when she yeah. when she gets crushed. Yeah, like I bought into the relationship because they were able to spend like a good 20, 30 minutes of the story flushing out the two characters yeah. together. And I think that that was, like, really cool, especially when he does get the the emulator where he can take her around wherever. Yeah. And you can see, like, even though she's a robot, like, how her her face just lit up from it. Yeah. And I really bought, like, robot love with this. <laughs> it's kind of like her. Yeah. And they I, have a very similar scene it, where she gets, like, a prostitute. Yes. And that happens in her, too, where, where uh, Samantha that, gets the prostitute and they end up having, like, sex and, and whatnot. That scene was weird, but also beautiful to look at because of how they they did the cgi for it yeah like the holographic kind of like meeting with the real human like overlaying on top of one another like it was really really interesting and cool and uh i I thought it was great um so yeah i mean and again like i said like you i really felt when when uh when the little emulator gets crushed i mean and she her last line is just i love you so much and then it gets crushed and then like I mean, there's a lot more to it, too, because it's like at the end of the day, like everything that has been said and their relationship is kind of fake because she she's with all she's with a million other guys. Yeah. Just you know like what her. I mean? Yeah. Just like literally just like her. So it's like all of this like emotion and whatnot and and the relationship has been not really real anyway. 
but yet at the same time, when you're with this one guy living with her, it's so real to him. It's real to me, damn it. And then and then after she gets crushed, it's so I thought like a really powerful moment was when he's walking and then the giant joy, mm-hmm. the giant pink joy is like up there and you're realizing like she's nude and she's in front of the entire city. Yeah, and it's like okay, I know now that it's not real. Yeah. A powerful stuff yes. in my opinion. Like Honestly, <laughs> honestly, Bonu knew how to do this. Yeah, yeah, for like, sure. Like, he really knew how to do this. And then, I guess, like, getting into, like, the nitty-gritty of the story is you have the whole thing of Kay coming to find out that he might have been the first born, born replicant. Yes, because Deckard and Rachel both were replicants and had a child. Yeah. And perfect plot twist yeah like honestly i did not see it coming yeah so like it's leading you to believe that k is the born Mm -hmm. and the whole time he's like trying to uncover because he has these memories of all of these things that he's trying to uncover and then of course at the end it gets revealed that the woman who wallace uses to create memories because her memories are so great she is the real born one mm-hmm. and and she put that memory of like him hiding that uh little horse with like the date and stuff she put that in him but that was a real memory yes of hers and, and god I, I i wanted to say like perfect plot twist like back to back within the same line of oh you're not the born and also we need you to go and kill deckard yeah. And it's like, oh, the Blade Runner has become the Blade Runned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that when Deckard gets introduced, mm-hmm. it's it's incredible. Like, it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like they used him to pander to an audience to like, oh, hey, remember? Like, remember the, this is we're only bringing him in because he's, uh, you know, he's from the original and blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Like, anything like that. Like, no. Like, I think that he actually adds value to the story and i thought that his character was really really well written as like this guy who's who's went rogue for like whatever it's been 40 something years and he's been hiding out with him and his dog just like listening to elvis presley (laughs) and a little marilyn which is a really great scene yeah like like the the whole yeah the fight scene between them and elvis like coming in and out and like the uh the band in the background Mm -hmm. and the hologram like it's really really incredible i thought like for me there was one thing that i wish that they did that i thought would have made it a little bit better Mm -hmm. and it is there's a scene where they're like talking to one another or they're either talking or they're like in the middle of the battle and Elvis Presley comes out and like well, punches Elvis someone. Is, Elvis is there <laughs> and he's like, and he gets onto, you can see him in the background, get onto the piano and he starts mm-hmm. playing the piano and he's not singing or anything. He's just like aggressively playing the piano. And I thought that that would have been really cool if they had like that constant piano coming mm-hmm. in and out, but they, they went like full silent with it. I thought it would have been really cool and it made it a little bit more intense if like that the piano playing, that aggressive piano playing comes in and out of the, uh, you know, the sound from him. I thought that would have been like just kind of elevated the scene a little bit more. But either way, like it's incredible. Yeah, it was really cool how like they just spliced in sound like every like 30 seconds or so in the fight. Yeah, it's really cool. I, I really enjoyed that. And then, of course, you have like that really awkward kind of like scene afterwards where it's Kay asking Deckard like all the questions mm-hmm. and you're like dad <laughs> <laughs> and then you come to find out later that no yeah so good thing that he didn't bring it up because that right. would have been weird <laughs> that would have been uncomfortable yeah yeah um and yeah I mean 
when when you get to like the last scene where he's like dead basically like like laying on the staircase and and well first off i want to say uh the fight scene between love and yeah that but also when they're running away from love and the guys and and ryan gosling just busts through the wall yes so funny (laughs) like like, it's like oh i'm gonna lock you in nope (laughs) And, and the other thing too before we continue replicants probably not the best robots in movie history what do you mean by that? Because, uh, like, Terminator, like, they're, like, super agile and, like, adaptable and, like, they don't die easily. And Replicants, it's like, oh, you're a little bit stronger, but you still kind of feel pain and also die just as easily well, as Well, yeah, humans. that, like, I guess with Replicants, they're not... They're 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 basically human. Like they don't have. They're not they're not made of nuts and bolts like typical. Like they 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 have blood and flesh just like us. Yeah. I guess the thing like the main thing that really separates the replicant from the human is like the mind. Like in the, I guess like if you go back to the original Blade Runner, like intentionally they were supposed to be like dumb, mm-hmm. and then eventually they started like learning and whatnot, and then started like having feelings and whatnot and stuff like that. Where and then they started becoming like more and more like humans like that. But yeah, I mean, overall, like there's kind of just meant to be like slave labor. That's kind of what they were meant, like, you know, made for. Yeah. Um, but people still can tell like which one's which because they call them like the Skinners. Yeah. Which is a very weird racial term for them. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I guess like they're not really meant to be robots because I, I don't really consider them robots. That's not what they are. They're mm. just. They are the replicants. They're, yeah. they're they're human. They're humanoids of sorts. The uh, yeah, I guess they're more of like clones at that point yeah. than like androids, right? Or... Um, so it, it 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 does like leave you to like be like, what exactly are they? Because like in my opinion, like they never really fully gave you like that deep dive as to like how they're made, what they're made of, or anything like that. You're kind of just like thrown into the world in both of the films, or and you just kind of have to accept like. Like, you're kind of expected just to kind of know. Yeah. Um, which I guess is, like, a little problematic, but at the same time, it doesn't really bother me that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so when he busted the wall, really funny. She kills Joy. Uh, but then, man, that end scene where, where where Deckard is, like, handcuffed in the, in the car mm-hmm. and, like, they're in the middle of the ocean. I mean, that shit is intense. Yeah. Like, you just see Kay coming out and, like, just sniping out, like, the other two cars. Yeah. And then the actual fight scene of Love and K, where you can see like K is more of kind of more of kind of like a brute fighter, and Love is very like systematic, like very martial arts trained. Mm-hmm. And when you have like her bringing in the knives and like stabs him in the side, yeah, and you're like, oh shit, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And then that crazy scene of him coming back and just drowning, drowning her. her, dude. That is that is like because that is a long scene mm-hmm. of just him like holding her underwater, and you're just like, man, like this is un- almost uncomfortable to watch because it really feels like you're watching a woman being drowned. Yeah, like, it, it, it's like, wait a minute, am I watching a snuff film? Like, what's going on here? Um, and then you just it kind of works as a snuff film because then you got Harrison Ford like handcuffed in the background, like yeah. watching the whole thing. It's <laughs> almost like the Sir Christopher Lee thing of like, that's not how it sounds when you get stabbed, where it's like Harrison Ford was like, you don't know how to drown someone, I'll show you. Like, <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's a really, really intense scene. And mm-hmm. again, like gorgeous, like so beautiful. Um, and then of course you get the beautiful ending where, you know, he, Deckard ends up like dropping off or Kay ends up dropping off Deckard and he basically like lets him know like that's your daughter. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of have like that moment, I guess 
the another like small complaint I have is I don't know if the emotional impact was quite there with Anna Decker and meeting Decker. Anna because you don't you only there's only one scene with Anna mm-hmm. and like you don't really care about her that much like you get the sense that like she's a good person but like yeah that's really it yeah so to like bring her in like yes it was cool where you know here was the plot twist of like oh it was her all along and like I'm sure that the immune system thing is like false just so in that way no one would notice her but yeah like Deckard meeting her is powerful because it's like oh I get to meet my daughter but did they flush out Anna enough for us to care? Yeah. I mean, I guess you can say like this movie, ha- like this, I think that it, it hit emotionally for me mostly because I've seen the first one now. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of like where my problem was the first time that I saw it because I never saw the first one. So I didn't have any real um, attachment to Decker at all. Yeah. Because that's like at the end of the day, like this movie, I don't, I think that this movie is significantly handicapped if you haven't seen the original Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Like it relies a lot on you having seen that first one to fully grasp everything that's going on, which again can be a problem because if you if you're somebody like me who never saw the original one and then you just want to go see it, then uh, obviously like you're missing a lot of things. But at the same time. You probably really shouldn't see this one if you don't see the first one because it's a sequel. Yeah, and you need to see it in yeah, order to know like, what's going on. Yeah, so it's kind of like in that weird area. But like overall, like again, man, like for me, like this is like a nine out of ten. Like it's really, really incredible. I thought um, the acting I thought was pretty much great all around. Mm-hmm. Again, like Ryan Gosling kind of does like his own thing. He, like he, but well, he, he just does and... like he does what he always does, which is just being a face yeah. pretty much like <laughs> but you know what that jacket though it's a cool jacket yeah that i want nice that green jacket, jacket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a cool jacket i noticed that too but yeah no like he just he he just plays a no emotion guy in every film but it works for this because you're not supposed to have emotion yeah so i give it nine point i give it 9.8 wooden horses out of 10 <laughs> literally just for the wallace thing and then also that creepy scene of like madam coming to Kay's apartment and then almost trying to bang him that was is that what you were getting because that's kind of what i was getting for like she a was brief like moment. what happens if i finish this bottle yeah yeah and i'm like i don't know hopefully you go home <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh i kind of agree with that mm-hmm. um but other than that uh I, yeah i mean i again like in my opinion I, I i this is from somebody coming from somebody who doesn't really even like the first one that much mm-hmm. i really really like this movie a lot yeah um I, like I said, I think it really is leaps and bounds better on like all facets. I think the cinematography in this movie is way better. I think the character building is way better. I think the world building is way better. Um, and I think that the story is simply more interesting because in the first one, the story kept like getting like, like, like sidetracked. Like there was all these other like little subplots that I just didn't care about. In this one, it's pretty much just, uh, it is a noir detective film, mm-hmm. and the entire movie is Ryan Gosling trying to uncover what the hell's going on here. Yeah, and you stay with that for the entirety of the film, except for really like his relationship with his girlfriend. Yeah, but even that is like kind of like steeped in the him like him being a detective mm-hmm. and being affected by what's going on. And she ends up, like, helping him with stuff, too. Yeah, I know, which is really cool, because then they become, like, a little team. Yeah, and, I mean, it, it just works on, on I think it just worked better on every single level yeah, and than the first one. 
yeah, this is one of those times where the sequel does outdo the original. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, nine out of ten for me. Um, I I wish I wish Wallace was uh a little bit more uh, like fleshed out and had like more scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I I I don't know. I just I just really wish there was more to him. Yeah, I know. But other than that, I mean, I pretty much think that this movie is like perfect yeah honestly <laughs> i do like it really yeah, is it is a perfect film um so yeah uh so Frank, that's that what do you got to recommend so i haven't done a music recommendation in a while oh, thank you, God. You, you've been on it i i haven't done a music recommendation nah, in like a month that's just not true <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um but i really haven't done one in at least a month mm-hmm. you maybe maybe two weeks uh that being said i have been standing by this woman forever Joan Jett (laughs) uh no okay and I think that she's really come into her stride the her last two albums Mm -hmm. um her 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 previous album her most her most recent previous album which was Norman fucking Rockwell and now this this newest one which is um chemtrails over the country club Mm -hmm. I'm talking Lana Del Rey ah I really, really, I think that Lana Del Rey has had some good hits, but like has never had an incredible album from like start to finish, be, like until Norman Rockwell. Mm-hmm. And then her ne- her most recent one now, which is um, Chemtrails Over the Country Club, I still don't think is as good as Norman Rockwell, but I think it's a, it's like another step in the right direction of her becoming like a, like a really strong songwriter now. And I love like the aesthetic that she has and her voice is like changing a little bit where like it's more like it just sounds like grown like more like adult and she's kind of got like this like bravado to her now Mm -hmm. and um it's kind of weird that i i always find like the the women's the woman singers that i like tend to have like a deeper voice yeah um and i think lana's like really like trying to like get in there and, and and just like she's finding herself um so yeah, I highly recommend uh, if you're looking for like she again she has like that kind of like vintage like aesthetic mixed with like modern and it's just like it I feel like it never really really like worked mm-hmm. until her last two albums and I think that she's like really kind of like figured it out and is re- really starting to like polish it. So uh, yeah, highly recommend Chemtrails Over the Country Club and just Lana Del Rey in general. Nice. Zach, what are we doing next? Well, Frank, for our discussion, I thought it would be fun to talk about movie theater foods. And in that sense, kind of like why we picked them and also what made it be that like popcorn and soda are like the go-to things for it. Right. And not spaghetti and meatballs. Right. (laughs) All right, cool. So look forward to that. Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, I know it's real.